When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Searching for just the right job? Whether you're looking for full-time, part-time, or seasonal work, you can get started today. Amazon Jobs offer the whole package with great pay and flexible shifts that allow you to choose when and how much you work. Find a warehouse close to home and discover the role that works for you. To get your application started for an hourly job, go to Amazon.com apply. That's Amazon.com apply. Amazon is proud to be an equal opportunity employer. We're back for another brew with a blue here on Thursday morning. And delighted to say joining me today, as you'll be able to see, is Adam Jones, Liverpool Echo. Uh, Adam, thanks very much for coming on. I know, thanks for having me. Uh, it's wonderful to get you on. Um, before we, we hit record, uh, we were just talking about one of our videos earlier this week. Uh, our, ve- our very good friend, Rob Vera, and his stand-up desk. And I'm not the only one blown away by that. Um, you find that a bit mad as well. Yeah, I mean, I was just saying, I suppose he does get the benefits from it, from having his... You know, good posture and it sorted out his back issues and everything like that. But standing up for all that time while working, it's not something that I'd be able to do. <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's hard enough to match, isn't it? When there's like a, a game for 90 minutes when everyone stood up as it is. Against that yeah, age now, we start to feel me knees and everything. So fair dues <laughs> to Rob in that, in that regards. But uh, yeah, you haven't seen that video. Um, I made a playlist yesterday on the YouTube channel. So they're all there, uh, Rob's and everybody else's. Bruiser of Blue, um, and we're just here to, to basically have, have a chat again, um, and sort of how's it all going, Adam? Um, obviously, people will know you, you're a great reporter for Everton, um, you used to go to press conferences, going to games, being at events and that sort of stuff. Um, how are you finding being isolating and, and not being able to do all that? It's it's strange. It's it's a completely new environment that I never kind of expected for this job. Just even even this environment of working from home all the time, like it. You get into that routine of just going into the office every day, seeing all the people that you work with, having close contact with the people on your desk as well. It's such a big thing when you're in a newsroom because you know that in, inter-desk communication is sort of key as well. So you know, trans, we've essentially just translated that to WhatsApp, and you know, it's there's a few kinks that we've been working around over the last few weeks, and yeah, it, it is just weird because you know when you're a sports reporter, you kind of expect to be able to report on sport. At yeah. some point, but yeah, it, it's just it's just a whole whole new way of trying to come up with ideas, trying to engage with the audience, find something that the audience want to be reading at this time. Because obviously, while there's an understanding that there's a lot of bigger things going on than football at the minute, you know, we are still all connected by the fact that we're Everton fans and that we're football fans as well. So there's obviously going to be some sort of interest there as well. So it's about connecting with the audience as much as possible, finding those little ideas and you know, trying to work from there. And I think it's it's interesting you said about being in the newsroom, because I, I imagine, because the, the Echo's got such a huge online presence now, and you you know, sort of saying how you, you're not necessarily used to working from home, I, I imagine people would think that you can do a lot of your work remotely, and you know, the coverage you're putting out at the moment suggests you can, but you guys do work in an office, don't you? So you're used to that, that human-to-human contact as well, which I imagine a lot of people don't realise about what you do. Well, that's it. Like, we can do a lot of our stuff from home, and I suppose that's where we're lucky in this sense. And, and, you know, 
I'd never complain about our situation at the minute because there's a lot of people who can't work at the minute and that, you know, that's awful at this, you know, it's such a difficult time. So I'll never complain and I will say that we are lucky that we can do a lot of our work from home. But the office environment just provides something that little bit different. And it is, like you say, that sort of human to human contact. And, you know, when you're not having that day by day, I mean, again, it's a little bit different for me because I live with somebody I work with as well. So mm. I do still have a little semblance of that, sure. at least whenever, whenever we're on shift together. But, you know, there'll be some people who are working, you know, with their families. You know, a lot of people on our desk have got young families at the minute. So it's a completely different environment for them. So it's just about, especially for us on a desk, we're, you know, we're trying to communicate as much as possible. You know, we're, we're going to set up a little quiz on it at the weekend and just have a yeah. bit of downtime and you know try and reconnect with each other again so you know, there, there are things that you know we are still trying to work around but as I say you know we are, we are quite lucky in our circumstance still. How, how are you finding the coverage in general because obviously it's, it's a peculiar time like you said and what you know we're finding this out ourselves it's you've got to fill the space of, of actual football matches which so much of the coverage revolves around but are you sort of getting a sense from from your viewers and your listeners to, to the Royal Blue podcast that the people are clinging on to to this sort of semblance of Everton and this ability to get Everton content more than ever? Or do you feel as though more people are just sort of dis- disconnected from football and trying to just have a few months of it for a bit? Um, I think there's, a, there's evidence for both, really. But I think, you know, over, over the last few weeks, we've seen, I think we've just seen the the ideas for our content shift. A little bit more than like, people obviously without football on at the minute and you know there's obviously a kind of need for us to report on what will happen to the game in the future you know whether this season is going to continue what's going to happen to next season there's obviously an inherent need for us to report on that whenever there are updates but yeah. aside, aside from that it is just trying to find new sort of Everton avenues because at the end of the day we are all still Everton fans you know I think the club especially have managed to transform themselves brilliantly over the last few weeks yeah. and they've they've managed to present themselves in this sort of new way you know these aren't these aren't players just coaches and staff anymore they are you know Everton representatives and they're all acting in that manner on their social media channels so I think we as a as a brand have had to try and transform ourselves in a little bit of a similar way if like if that sort of makes sense you know we've yeah. just been trying to focus on, you know, newer styles of content, you know, a bit of bit nostalgia, a bit of longer reads sort of stuff. And there's still, there is still a massive interest about stuff like that because, as I've said, like, we are all connected with the fact that we are still Everton fans. There's still a lot of love for Everton in the community. So, you know, people will always read Everton content in, mm. in my head anyway. Yeah, I suppose it's something I've asked a few of our guests on this, but you sort of get the sense that, this this absence and this void of sort of all feeling now and you know I'm I was watching some of the games this week you know the the Jagielka game against Arsenal last year where he scores the goal and you know the the, the three 0 when obviously the club stream last night and we're getting to the point of the, the season now where we seem to have lots of good memories and lots of good on this day you know we've got the United four 0 one coming up I believe it was the four one of the, the semi final against Tottenham today yeah. uh, which they, they won in, in 1995 and. You see in all these games at this point of the year, you look outside, you can see the weather, and you think back to days like Man United last year, where you know it was Easter Sunday, one four, and everyone had a great time. It's I feel as though this void, coupled with the, the period of the year we are in that we are in now, is sort of going to make everyone feel a lot more grateful when we do get back to it all and do get back to the the regular grind of going the match again. And 
And maybe even for a fan base like Everton that is rooted in cynicism, we might not all be as, as cynical as we used to be. <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, I think absence makes the heart grow fonder, doesn't it? And you know, we like as much as we are cynical, like we we can't stay away from Everton for this long. Like it just doesn't it doesn't feel right. And especially as you say, when we're coming to the the back end of this season now, there was still there was still stuff for. Everton to play for this season, you know, only six points away from Europe. You know, you, know, you feel like you feel like there is there is an, a missing ending to this absolute roller coaster of a season. You know, since Carlo Ancelotti took over, obviously things have changed massively, and you're just thinking to yourself, ah, surely we would have had some great moments from now until the end of the season. But yeah, it, it does make it difficult. I think it just makes it difficult for everyone at the minute. You know, just having some absolutely amazing weather outside it would be it would be it would not be great britain if as as soon as we're locked down the weather instantly improves (laughs) and as soon as lockdown ends i've got no doubt in my mind that it'll be absolutely pouring down with rain (laughs) yeah absolutely i was just thinking there about what you said about us the incomplete nature of this season i think like a few of the seasons we've had in recent years you know, have felt just extremely long because we've changed managers. There's been like, you know, we've had long summers where we've done Europa League from, you know, July onwards and that sort of thing. I mean, this one's going to trump all of them, isn't it? Because to, we'll look back on it and it will literally feel like it's, well, it might literally be two years at this rate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it probably is. And like, you know, as I say, we, we have had a roller coaster season, but we're kind of used to that over the last few years. Like, you know, obviously we had that huge period of, stability under David Moyes and since then it's just been it's just been so many ups and downs and twists and turns and you know you can only get your fingers crossed that as soon as we've got you know all this all this coronavirus stuff out the way and Carlo can actually focus on the matters on the pitch then hopefully we can have some semblance of stability again because goodness don't we need it. Yeah and one thing I did notice that you you put out I think might have been a week or, or two ago now you couldn't get away from doing your player ratings, could you? Um, I believe it was the game for the, the Norwich game the club put out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, you, you must miss those interactions you have with uh, with supporters so much in regards to the player ratings. Well, that was the that was the first uh, like throwback game that Everton had screened. So I was thinking to myself, there's got to be a way that we can that, that we can do something around this. And I'd never seen that game myself. You know, obviously, wasn't born at the time and. You know, I, I had no way of watching of watching that game after the fact, so it w- it was a nice way for me to I think to just try and watch you know one of Everton's most famous sides in action, and I thought I thought it'd be an interesting little twist to see if I could rate the players after that. I, I literally had no idea about the scoreline. I had no idea about anything that happened in that game, so the ratings were all as I would have rated them if it was today's players playing playing that match and. Uh, I didn't get I didn't get any abuse for that. So <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe the tides have changed. Did you miss it a little bit? Was you you a bit gutted you didn't get any? I imagine it must be quite strange if you do a player ratings feature and not to have some sort of <laughs> comments comments in your Twitter feed or on your Instagram I, or something. I was half expecting some of them, but I, I think I was just going to take anything tongue in cheek for those ones. Like uh, player rate player ratings are just so they're sometimes the bane of my life. Like, yeah. quite honestly because there, there are some games in particular like there's some game the worst ones are when we lose but we haven't exactly played badly 
and there's yeah. no player on the pitch who's played necessarily badly because we've lost people like pretty understandably I suppose would expect like a low player rating from so it was like sport. a 3-2 game against Arsenal recently like that sort of yeah that sort of game. yeah yeah, there were there were, like, there were like a couple of standout performances where you're thinking, nah, he should have done better, he should have done better. I think like Sadidi made a few mistakes with the goals yeah. in that game, so I was thinking, right, okay, he's he's deserving of this kind of mark. But you know, the, like, it, it's when I put up a player rating and I've give let, let's say I've given a player a six or something like that, and people will be vehemently adamant that I should have given them a five. And mm. I just don't know what to say. To people sometimes like <laughs> it's all it's all just it's all just a matter of opinion isn't it oh, like yeah. we we can have a hundred people watch a match and we could have a hundred different opinions of how each each player just played so yeah it's, it's just something that you've got to take on the chin i suppose and you know i, I do enjoy doing them at the end of the yeah. day like and there, there are games where like i'll get just a, a wealth of praise for my player ratings as well so they they're also quite nice there you go, yin and yang in that regard. So exactly. <laughs> I'm chatting about your kit there. Now you're the second person on this feature to not uh, don an Everton kit. Uh, after Jack Carlisle yesterday, actually had the, the France away one on eight. You've gone for a Dortmund away number. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not the biggest fan of buying football shirts a lot of the time. So my my range of Everton kits, especially, isn't isn't large. Like I got two like training top four for me at Christmas. And I've got like a retro '80s top, so I was thinking to myself, like, I've got, I've got, a, I think I've got a bigger wealth of other teams' kits. Like, I've got a Germany one, a France one, I've got two Dortmund ones, a, a other one, the other Dortmund one. I did have like a yellow and black striped one. Oh uh, yeah. I think they wore it in the Champions League in like 2012, maybe something like that. Makes me think of Lewandowski's four goals against Real Madrid yeah. that year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. So, but because I've had that kit for so long, like the, all the sponsors are like, have like washed off and everything like yeah. that. So, I thought to myself, I'll wear, I'll wear a bit more of a modern one and go for it, <laughs> and go for this black away number, which I'm a huge fan of, to be honest. Just quickly on the wash, the washing stuff. So, we've been doing these videos. I've been trying to go through my range of kits which I've got in the wardrobe. Obviously, I've been wearing them. I've sort of been keeping them on to go like for a run or do exercise or whatever, and lashing yeah. them in the wash. And all the numbers are coming off because they've just been like in in me wardrobe for so long, and a lot of them have been worn for ages. So I've got like a retro Holland one there of like fourteen on the back, and like the numbers peeling off the back of it. It's like, oh no, it's absolutely devastating. Well, that's it. You've got to, you're gonna have to take it out of your cycle now and just like preserve it. <laughs> I know, yeah. Frame, frame it, get it on your wall, and then that's it. <laughs> yeah, but the, that Dortmund one is that from last season, is it, or is it this year? Uh, I. I don't know. It, it's probably not from. It's probably not from last season. It's probably the season before. Yeah, uh, I think I've had this for a, a good number of years as well now. To be honest, you've got a, you've got a bit of a soft spot for Dortmund, I think, haven't you? I've, you know, yeah. I've, I've seen you mention them quite a lot on Twitter, and obviously you said you've got the kit. Have you been over there to watch a game as well? I haven't. I haven't. I, I've went to uh, Munich, and we went to watch. We went to watch Augsburg against Werder Bremen when we yeah. were there. That was so, it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've just got an affinity for. German football, to be honest, I'm, I'm a big fan, big fan of the Bundesliga. So uh, it it was probably it was probably sparked by that, you know, Dortmund Munich uh, Champions League final season. Like I loved I loved watching both of them get to the Champions League final. Obviously, I wanted Dortmund to win by the time they got there. But yeah, like, since then I've had 
quite quite an affinity with the Bundesliga. I really really enjoy watching it. Still keep up to it with it uh, to this day. So yeah. Yeah, it's it's a shame that especially when you know I think a lot of leagues across Europe you know have been ended with quite tight title races going on. Like Spain was quite a tight one. Italy, you know, we had three horse race. Factory with Juve, Inter dropped off a little bit, but Lazio were doing really well. In the Bundesliga, it was the same, wasn't it? You know, you had Bayern who were a bit ahead of the rest, but you had Leipzig who were having a, a great campaign. Obviously, the smash Spurs in the Champions League and, and Dortmund of Haaland doing doing dead well as well. So, bit gut on the lips the you know the curtain came down on it or has come down on it um, when yeah. it has. Well, exactly. It was a pretty exciting Bundesliga season at the start of the year. You're thinking to yourself, a Leipzig going to be the the teams to try yeah. and catch because they started the season so well. And then Which Bayern Munich, have been doing really well, of course, as well. Oh, exactly, yeah, yeah. 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 And then Bayern Munich just do what Bayern Munich do and just like keep keep winning games and they keep finding the way in the most important games. And you know, they, they, I think they managed to get like three or four points clear uh, by the time the, yeah. the season came to an end. But it was it, it was such an interesting dynamic with Dortmund as well. You were just going to see how Haaland was going to adapt to the league for the last few months of the season so yeah it, it is a bit of a shame that we didn't get to see a bit of a, a three-way battle for the Bundesliga I, I, do you know what I, I probably would have still said Bayern Munich were going to do it because yeah. just just for the last few years I just can't bring myself to say anybody other than Bayern Munich is going to do it so yeah but fingers crossed we'll be able to see football you know across across Europe come back fairly soon yeah, fingers crossed. That definitely, yeah. Um, Harlem, like you said, it would have been. It could be. It could be a mad situation with him where he's played like ten games for Dortmund, and he might be on the move in the summer. I've seen you know, reports about teams meeting his release clause already, so might have a, a really short uh, Dortmund career. But on, on my kit, Adam, I picked this one out in particular because I don't know if you remember what day this is from, but we were speaking about yeah. it on Twitter recently. It was when me and yourself and a few others played at Goodison Park with uh, mm. with Jamie Carragher. Um, we, you know, I think you shared a, a photo. Was it when everyone was doing the football person post, was it? Yeah, like, I think we, in work, once again, like, trying to connect with fans as much as possible, we we tweeted out, like, tweeted a picture of you with, you know, a famous Everton player or yeah. football player or... Or I think it was Everton player actually because I, I think I remember my caption was well he's not an Everton player but he's an ex Everton fan so yeah. I'm, I'm having I'm having this one and he was in an Everton he was in he was on your team as well wasn't he like the same yeah. thing you were wearing I was kind of mate yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> I know I nearly wore my top that I got from that day but I wore it for a run yesterday so uh, yeah uh, I, I couldn't I couldn't wear it in the end but someday that <laughs> like going to like finish up and you know try and you know, a bit of bit of a upbeat way to finish it. I mean, what what were your memories of that? Because I just I just remember thinking this pitch is massive. Like it's it, you know you, you play eleven aside and you play five aside and you get out onto that that pitch and you're like, no, I, I was playing left back for some reason that day and I think I'm never gonna slag, never gonna slag late in veins for not getting up the, up that touchline ever again or Seamus Coleman because it is a long way to go. Yeah, to be honest, I th- I found it smaller than I was expecting. Like oh, really. Because- yeah, because obviously, like when when you play an eleven aside game, because it's just like on a random field somewhere. Obviously, you're not expecting the pitch to be massive, but like when you when you go and you've only seen that pitch from like the context of a massive like forty thousand seater stadium where you've been sat in the stands. That when when you get down and you're actually on that pitch, I I I, I remember thinking to myself. Oh no, I, I I can't like run up and down this line and like it kind of just it kind of just felt like 
almost a normal like, 11-a-side pitch. And uh, especially by the second half, I think I moved up into left midfield by the time the second half uh, kicked off. So like, I felt I felt more like I was just playing a, a normal 11-a-side game. Like I, I think first half, I was just thinking to myself, I'm, I'm playing at Goodison here. This is absolutely... This is absolutely ridiculous, and I didn't want to make a mistake in anything that I did. But then in the second half, like, I'm just trying to forget that, and thankfully we beat you. <laughs> well, does, does a Champions Blue League, a Champions League winner Blue cannot Blue help you. I'm just going to say, there's a certain Blue Room contributor who played on our team. You played everybody on side for your team's winning goal. Um, I'm not going to, not going to throw them under the bus, but uh, you know, I mean, if, if you want to, you're more than welcome. Patty Boylan. There's, there's video, there's video evidence Boylan. on there, isn't there? I think it, it was is. uh, the NSNO uh, fan account. Yeah. Someone filmed it from, from yeah, the stands. They and yeah, they were filming think, it in the stands, weren't they? I think it's Mark Mosey. plays a, a through ball, doesn't he? Mm. Mm. And, um, you know... Mark, was it Mark yeah, Dempsey? Yeah, Mark Dempsey. Yeah, Mark Dempsey, yeah. Runs up to it and, and finishes. And, and Paddy's just stood there, you know. Didn't he, didn't he score, like, five of our six goals or something? <laughs> yeah, he did. He's he a really good player, Mark. He, he was absolutely on fire, to be fair. Yeah. Though. We we swapped goalies in the second half, I think, and our goalie gave a few away, you know, because we were mm. we were five, I think, at our time, and he, he sort of let you back into it, but you know, yeah. But Carragher was interesting, wasn't he? He was sort of he was sort of playing fifty percent throughout the whole day, and then in the last two minutes went full on. <laughs> <laughs> it, just, it was like, oh, hang on, yeah. Carragher, Carragher was playing like fully, like just a lad from boot up, because there was yeah. one moment where like I got the ball on the left wing, I cut inside, and I was. Up, up, I was fairly obviously trying to like shoot on my right foot from outside the box and like curl it. And like I had a couple of like fake attempts and every time I was going to hit the ball, Carragher was going, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like it's like playing with a kid. This is insane. <laughs> this man won the Champions League. <laughs> it's just, oh, it's just ludicrous. Oh man, yeah. Like he was playing left centre back and I was left back and he was just screaming at me all game, push up, drop yeah. back, get tight, show. <laughs> I was like, I was absolutely exhausted, like mentally by the end yeah. of it. Just went to bed with his voice ringing in me. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say he's, he's used to playing with uh, some better, some better quality of player all over the pitch than yeah. than he had yeah, in that game, wasn't he? Yeah, uh, we'll try and dig that video out somewhere just to oh, yeah. get embarrassed again. Anyway, albeit it's a heartbreaking <laughs> moments for for me and my team, but I really enjoyed it, mate. Um, thanks very much for coming on. I uh, really uh, appreciate it. Um, yeah, for people who are after a bit more, we're going to hear a bit more from Adam. Um, he was on our Subs Weekly show earlier this week. Um, had some interesting discussions with Carl Roper and Mike Diascia about all sorts of things. Uh, that's over on Bloom Extra. Uh, we had the weekly out on Wednesday. We also put our interview with Joe Royal out on his birthday yesterday on our free feeds as well. We've got 11s. Uh, we're doing our watch along for the Bruce and Munch and Gladbach game tonight at 6 o'clock now instead because Everton conveniently scheduled their game alongside our hot mic, which is a bit, a bit annoying, but what can, we do? what can you do about that? Uh, yeah, so we're doing that tonight. Um, so tune in to hot mic for that. Uh, we've got a mailbag, we'll kick about all sorts of things as well. We'll have another brew of a blue here tomorrow on our YouTube channel. Searching for just the right job? Whether you're looking for full-time, part-time, or seasonal work, you can get started today. Amazon Jobs offer the whole package with great pay and flexible shifts that allow you to choose when and how much you work. Find a warehouse close to home and discover the role that works for you. To get your application started for an hourly job, go to Amazon.com apply. That's Amazon.com apply. Amazon is proud to be an equal opportunity employer. 
Sports Social Podcast Network.